Floorboards, the shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project. Let us help you solve your do it yourself dilemma. The number is 1 888 Money Pit. The website is moneypit.com on air and online. Here to help you get through those projects that might be on your to do list for this weekend. Well, it's the number one energy problem for most homes in this country, and it's very easily fixed. You might not even realize it, but if your attic is not properly insulated, you are losing energy and money by the second. This hour, though, we're going to tell you how to determine the right amount of insulation for your part of the country and the easiest ways to add more, because it's definitely a do-it-yourself project. And now is the time Because, as we say, it's not too hot, it's not too cold, it is Goldilocks season. That's right. You actually want to work in your attic when it's a comfortable (laughs) temperature. (laughs) And also ahead this hour, the quick, easy, and inexpensive projects that will actually add value to your home instantly. Here's a hint. Curb appeal is king. It continues to be king. We're going to tell you what buyers love and how to give them what they want coming up. And if you've ever lost power, you know how frustrating that can be. I personally had the opportunity to be frustrated yesterday, but only for a grand total, Leslie, of 30 seconds. We had a massive, and I mean massive power outage here in New Jersey. I think 70,000 people yeah, it was without a big power. One. It was a big one for us. It was out for several hours. And uh, today I was over at the local barber shop, and uh, my barber, John, said, so how long did you lose power for last night, Tom? I said, seconds. oh, gosh, it had to have been 30, 40 seconds. <laughs> He's like, what happened? I said, well, my generator kicked on because I have a Generac standby generator, as you know, Leslie, and it's natural gas power. So we were the only house on the block, once again, that had power, and it was out for hours. So I got to tell you, it seems to be happening more and more and more, and that's why I think a standby is a good thing to have. We're going to have some tips on a new series of standby generator that's coming out right now that actually is more environmentally friendly than ever before. We'll talk about that in just a bit. And this hour, we're giving away a handy multi-tool from Sog. It's worth $110. 888-666-3974. Let's get right to those phones. Leslie, who's first? Danny in North Carolina needs some help refinishing a deck. What can we do for you? I have actually added a new deck to the back of my house, and it's got treated lumber on it. Uh, and want to paint the trim... Um, and I'm curious to know there's some new products out on the market, Valspar, and I guess Bayer has something called Premium Plus. So yes. kind of looking for some advice on whether that's a, a good product to save me some time or if uh, I should kind of go the traditional route with an oil-based, uh, oil-based primer and a latex paint. Well, I will say that I've used the primer and, and uh, paint in one, the Bayer product, the Bayer Premium Plus, and it was great. I mean, we, we were using an interior project, and the walls were really super dark, and it covered them in, like, one coat. Well, that's awesome. Um, how about on, on treated lumber outside? Well, I've never used it there, and I would make sure that the product is rated for exterior use. And with treated lumber, is it newer lumber? Uh, yeah. it's Well, it was done in, in November, so I've let it air out, dry All out. All right. You know. So you've given it some time to cure. Yep, yep, exactly. 
still pretty well it's it's so it's been through one summer yeah i think it should be okay yeah no it's good and and yeah. autumn's a great time you know you it'll be nice and dry outside where things will really dry well but i mean again you said this is for a deck correct and you want to put paint on it well no it's not on the floor it's not on the deck flooring it's on the uprights uh, you know the okay. railing and the the upright uh flats that keep kids from falling Mm -hmm. then that should do very well to sort of hold up and wear well and protect the lumber itself. You know, if it was on a floor surface, I would say absolutely not go stain, solid stain, you know, all the time. It's just never going to hold up. But for a vertical surface, you should do great with that. Okay. All right. Well, I thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right. Now we've got Charlotte in Alabama on the line who's dealing with a leak in her house. What can we do for you? Okay. Well, I think I am have a leak above my front door inside my house. Okay. What's it look like? Well, it looks like gray little mountains above the frame of the front door. Gray little mountains above oh, the frame. Oh, like a, a vertical shadow. Yeah, like, yeah, that's okay. what it is. Yeah, okay. So nothing's like sticking off the wall. It's something, <laughs> I got it. Yeah, that's the water stains. So yeah. yeah, what's happening is the water is leaking above the door and then it's getting absorbed up into the wallboard. And that's what's making it have those kind of funny patterns to it. Now, is this very new or has it been there for a while? No, it's new. All right. Well, the most common cause of this is the flashing above the front door on the outside of your home. Now, right above the trim, there should be a piece of metal that goes basically over the, over the wood trim and then up underneath whatever kind of siding you have. What kind of siding is it? It's aluminum. Aluminum. Okay. So I suspect that that flashing is breaking down, and that's why the water is getting in. You can try caulking it around the outside of the door, see if that you can happen to catch it. You would use a silicone caulk for that. But if it persists, you may have to take the siding off of the front of the house right above the door and properly seal that door with new flashing. And then you can put it back together, and it'll never happen again. Well, thank you so much. You're very welcome, Is that Charlotte. very expensive? doesn't have to be. Try caulking it first, but that's where you want to try the outside top of the door. That's where the water's getting in. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Charlotte. Thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now, you can call in your home repair, home decor, design, home improvement, whatever you're working on at your Money Pit, we are here to help you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, is your attic costing you money? Well, if it's not properly insulated, it certainly is. We're going to teach you how to find out how much attic insulation you have, and where and how to add more of the easy way next. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we'd love to hear what you are working on. So give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. If you ask your home improvement question on the air, you could win a great prize. We're giving away a power lock multi-tool from SOG this hour. It's got a few heavy-duty components, including a hard wire cutter and a double-toothed wood saw. My goodness, this just sounds amazing. It's worth $110, but if you get on 
on the air with us this hour, it could be yours for free. So pick up the phone and give us a call at one 888 888-666-3974. Well, without the right amount of insulation up there, your attic is probably costing you money. According to the experts at Owens Corning, adding insulation to your home is the single most important thing that you can do in your home to cut down on energy costs and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. So take a peek in your attic. If your attic floor is insulated, but the wood beams or the joists are still visible, you absolutely positively do not have enough insulation. But even if you can't see your beams, that's still no guarantee that you've got enough. The best thing to do is to measure it. Mm -hmm. And this is a great time of year to do this project because it's not too hot and it's not too cold up there. Because if you've ever been in your attic in the middle of the summer, you know it is super hot. And if you go there in the winter, it is freezing. So if you want maximum energy efficiency, which who doesn't, Owens Corning recommends an insulation value of R60 for attic floors, which is about 18 inches of insulation. Now, to find out your current R value and how much more insulation you actually need, use the insulation calculators that you can find at owenscorning.com. Now, if you find out you do need more, here are a few insulation tips. You want to use boards or sheets of plywood for sitting on or kneeling and, and, and also for cutting the insulation. And make sure you start at the outer edge of the attic and then work towards the center. That's the easiest way to get that done. Now, if your joist cavity is already filled in, lay the new insulation in long perpendicular runs to the joist. You want to use any leftover pieces to fill in those small spaces. And if the spaces between the joists are not filled in, first bring those flush with the new insulation, then put the next layer on perpendicular to that. For more tips about energy efficiency and insulation, head on over to owenscorning.com. All right, now we've got Art on the line with the mold question. Tell us what's going on. Well, uh, I've got this problem every time it rains or we uh, water the yard, my driveway gets uh, wet. I got like a mold or a moss or something, another greenish color, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering how to get rid of it permanently. Permanently. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're not going to get rid of it permanently unless you have a lot of sunlight on that driveway. Okay. Well, it's uh, right at the edge of my carport. Yeah, you're catching a fair amount of shade, I imagine. And, you know, the issue here is that you, you probably get some organic debris that lands in the driveway and then it grows, and, and that's what gets it started. You want to use a siding wash, a product like Jomax or OxyClean, apply it to the driveway, let it sit for a while, then you can pressure wash it off. And you're going to have to repeat that, though, every couple of years, unless you can get more light on it. It's going to be a normal maintenance project for you, Art. Okay. All right. Well, I do appreciate the answer. You're welcome, Art. Now we're going to head over to Delaware to chat with Teresa. What can we do for you today? Um, I've got a, a wall of mirrors in my home, and I was wondering what the best way was to remove them. Oh, and are they like floor-to-ceiling, super giant, glued on, as impossibly glued as possible? Well, I, I'm not sure. Um, they've got, uh, they're in pieces, and um, they there are these little, they look like little rosettes that may be holding them on, and I'm, I'm kind of afraid to even attempt to, to remove them. Mm-hmm. Well, it can be somewhat dangerous. We can give you um, one trick of the trade, and that is that sometimes the professional mirror companies, what they'll do is they'll actually run a wire behind that and try to get the wire between the mirror and 
in between the wall and pulling it down. To sort of slice the adhesive. Yeah, and generally what it does is strips the adhesive off the wall and it almost always takes some of the paper of the drywall with it, so you have quite a bit of repair work to be done. But it beats breaking the mirrors up. However, if you do this, you've got to be really careful. You've got to have safety glasses. You've got to have gloves because the mirror could break at any time. Mm-hmm. And use like a clear contact paper or some sort of contact paper across the face of the mirror so that if it does break, it doesn't go like shattering everywhere. It sort of just breaks but sticks to the paper and sort of falls off in one piece if it does. But those rosettes that you describe in the corner, Teresa, those could really simply just be holding like a sheet mirror to the wall because that's generally what those are used for. So look at those rosettes, see if there's a screw in it. Are they nailed in? If you removed it, does the mirror sort of back away from the wall? You know, start with the corner and see what happens before you get all crazy. All right. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Steve in Michigan needs a hand doing some organizing. What can we do for you today? Well, I'm doing a... A Gladiator garage wall panel system. Okay. And when you do your layout online and they ship you the material according to how many, they give you how many screws you need for how many wall panels you're putting up. Okay. Well, I got 44 boxes of wall panels. We just started it tonight, and I can already tell that in an eight-foot section, you got to, there's seven rows, and it says to put a screw in every slot on every stud. Okay. So you're going to be eating up 28 screws per eight-foot panel. And you don't have enough. Yeah. Is that that the correct... Am I reading it right, I guess? With that type of a system, you do need to put a screw in every stud location. And the reason they want you to put it in every slot is because basically every square foot of that gear wall has to be sturdy enough to hang whatever you want to hang on it. And I'm sure... I don't know what it's rated for, but I know it's a lot. And so they don't want to take a chance on you having to hang something where you don't have it attached to a stud, and then the the thing pulls out and something falls down. Now, if you don't have enough screws, I mean, you can just go out and buy deck screws. I read that, yep. And those are not expensive. I mean, go out and buy yourself five pounds of deck screws and just, you know, use a drill driver so that you're not doing it by hand uh, and drive it in and have it be nice and solid. Then you don't have to worry about it. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I put enough screws in. I didn't want anything falling off the wall. That's the idea. Yeah, that's a beautiful system. Good luck with that project. Let us know how it comes out. I sure will. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Kathy in Florida needs some help with a window problem. Tell us about the situation. I have a house, a home in Florida, and I think maybe the windows lost their seal between the two panes of glass. Do they okay. look really foggy? Yes. And what I'm wondering is, do you think it'd be more cost effective to just replace the panes of glass? Or do you think I should replace the entire window? How old are the windows now, Kathy? Uh, 14 years. Yeah, Mm, pretty old. I will tell you this, that the uh, failed seal probably is not affecting your energy efficiency that much. It's mostly it's just a cosmetic it, issue, right? Yeah, it's making it look pretty nasty, but it's probably not impacting efficiency. If you can't stand the look of it, um, I would probably vote to replace the entire window and not just to try to replace the glass panes themselves because windows have become so much more energy efficient today. You want to look, you want to look for Energy Star rated windows, and I think that's going to give you the best long-term solution here because they're going to be super energy efficient and they're not going to break down and you can enjoy them. Mm -hmm. And Kathy, you'll probably see a big savings in your cooling costs. Okay. What do you think um, would have 
created the break in the seal. Um, what happens is that's a wear and tear issue. There is an insulator between the panes of glass. It's called different things. Um, one of the most common types, if it looks like sort of like a black rubbery strip, it's called swiggle. And it. it breaks down and it lets some moisture in from uh, from the outside and that moisture condenses inside the glass and that's why it looks kind of foggy and cloudy and nasty like all right well thank you i had someone who told me that it could be because we power washed our windows no 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 you didn't do it you didn't do it just normal wear and tear well thank you so much i appreciate it you're welcome kathy thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit sure kathy feels better now knowing that she didn't cause her windows to fail (laughs) and you know it happens like without rhyme or reason we have a window that we put in five years ago when we bought the house and it's one of the windows it's like a full panel of casement windows right one of them has a failed and all the others are fine all the others are fine mark in arizona is dealing with an odor at his place of business what can we help you with well, we, we've owned the business for 11 years, and the whole time we've owned the business, the building that it's in has always had a smell only in the summertime, never in the winter. And it's always been like a sewer smell, like you would smell like uh, like you the vent, the smell that would come out of those vent pipes that come out of the ho- out of your house. Right. Mm-hmm. And we can and I tried like there's two of them in the there's two bathrooms, so there's two vent pipes going up and out of the out of the building, and I tried extending because it's only on one side of the building we have the smell. So mm-hmm. I tried extending that pipe, thinking because it was coming over the air, the wind coming over the building was blowing it into the air conditioner unit and putting it inside the building. Right. But that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering maybe if there was something that could be done to you know that would that would make that smell go away. Generally speaking, when you have a sewage odor issue, there's a problem with the trap, and the trap is. Uh, the part, the curved part of the pipe that basically holds water inside of it, so to it won't stop let those sewage you know, stop gases the gas from, coming out. from leaking back out. Now, um, do you have any kinds of showers or anything of that? With is it, or is it just what's in the bathroom itself? It's just a sink and a bath uh, toilet. Sink and, sink and a toilet. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you've got a broken vent pipe somewhere in the wall. Can you see the vent pipe all the way up and out the way your building is designed? Uh, there's, you can see some of it. I don't know if you can see all of it. I tried looking at that a year or so ago, and we've tried different things, and we just never can resolve it. And it's only in the summertime. It's never in the winter, That's which is strange. It gets really hot here, like right. 120 degrees hot. Right. So I'm thinking it has something to do with that, obviously, versus the winter, you never get it. So. Right. Well, here's what you might want to think about doing. You could have a um, a pipe inspection done, uh, and the folks that are that usually do the drain cleaning, like Rotor Rooter and that sort of thing, they have drain cameras that can actually so run through these pipes. don't have to disrupt anything. Yeah, without doing any demolition and try to figure out where this disconnect is, because obviously that's what's going on. It, it's it's the trap is either improperly constructed, it's too shallow, it gets warm, the air drives out, something of that nature. But if it's happening um, inside the building cavity that might be a good way to identify it without doing any demolition. All right, thank you. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. You know, backup power generators, they used to be reserved for places like schools, office buildings, and hospitals. But more and more homeowners are realizing that backup power is more of a necessity than a luxury. Up next, learn why having a backup generator is now a must-have appliance. Money 
where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Bit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we've all been in the situation. You lose your power. It can happen quite often. And if it does, you know how frustrating it can be. You know, it puts a hold on pretty much everything from cooking to working. Forget about TV. No lights. And in some cases, you might even lose your water usage. That's right. The country's aging power grid and high electrical demand mean that we will experience more and more power outages than ever before. In fact, right here at my money pit, I've had, count them, six power outages this summer alone. And it would have been pretty tough on the family and me, except for the fact that we actually have a standby generator. It's a great option that will resupply power to you whenever the power company decides to take a day off. Here to tell us more about backup generators and how they work is Jake Thomas, the residential product manager from Generac. Hey, Jake. Hey, Tom and Leslie. The power company's doing a really good job keeping you guys in business, huh? (laughs) We'll take what we can get. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about uh, backup generators just in general. I think when folks think about generators, they think about the portable kind that they have to roll out off a truck and plug a few cords in and then pull a cord and fire up a a noisy piece of equipment. It's not like that at all, is it? No, it's actually something that people are hopefully growing more and more aware of as far as a product category goes. A portable system, as you've mentioned, you have to plug in a lot of extension cords. You have to worry about refueling it, whereas with an automatic standby generator, it typically runs off of natural gas or LP, which is your your home's normal fuel source, and it's wired directly into your electrical panel. So it's completely hands-free. If the power goes out, you just wait for a couple of seconds, and it comes back in a heartbeat. And, Jake, do you choose the size of generator based on what it is in your house that you would like to power in the event of an outage, or is it, you know, based on the square footage of your home? How does it work? Well, it really depends on on how much you want to spend and what is important to you. If you have only a few things, a few concerns, such as your lights, your well pump, then you can go with a smaller system with some selected circuits. Otherwise, if you want to manage absolutely everything and have everything in the house beyond, you can go with a system big enough to do that all on its own. Or you can actually go with a managed solution where some smart load management will actually make it seem like everything is powered and you'll never even miss a beat. We're talking to Jake Thomas. He's the residential product manager for Generac Generators. Jake, you guys have a new product out right now that's specifically designed for those folks that really have said to the power company, that's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. I want to get away from the grid completely and live off the grid, so to speak, by with homes that are powered by solar or wind. You've got a unit that's specifically designed for those folks called EcoGen. Tell us about it. Well, it's exactly as you said. There are more and more homes that are being built in an off-grid type of scenario. And by off-grid, we mean that they don't have utility power going to the house at all. They typically have a PV array up on the roof and a wind turbine, and that's going to generate electricity and dump it into a a large bank of batteries. Uh, That battery bank is then monitored by an inverter and then converts the DC power into AC to allow it for normal use in the house. Interesting. So basically it backs up, it backs up everything that the sun does or the wind does to power those batteries. Yeah, yeah you could say that. Um, but sometimes, you know, it's going to be cloudy or the wind's not going to blow and the inverter is going to see the battery bank dip below an acceptable level. And instead of people running out of electricity, the generator can then be called to start. It'll fire up and charge it back up to an acceptable level. And then it will be told to turn back off and the People never miss a beat. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And you're still capable of maintaining your off-grid status, which a lot of people are looking to be green and really aspire to. Absolutely. There's a number of different things that we actually designed into this system to make it that much more of a green machine. 
It's got the highest fuel efficiency for any LP home standby generator out there. Uh, it's actually at full load, going to be less than 65 decibels, which is extremely quiet. Wow, that's super it, quiet. Yeah, it runs at a lower RPM. Typically, your other generators that are out there are going to run at 3,600 RPM, which is going to consume more fuel, emit more emissions. Uh, but this unit runs at 2,600 RPM, so it's, it's, it's very nice, very dialed in. You know, I love the advancements in technology in standby generators because years and years and years ago, you would only see them on, on commercial applications and restaurants and office buildings and places like that. And now the technology has gotten just so good and so quiet, as evidenced by this EcoGen series, that this is just the perfect appliance to have in your house. I mean, you should, if you have a central air conditioning system, you should see right next to that outside your house a standby generator. Whether you are on grid or off grid, there's just a a lot of benefits to having standby power. Absolutely. It's a huge peace of mind, and it's making sure that your life is not going to be interrupted and things aren't going to happen to your house if you have a, a sump pump or if you've got a freezer full of food, you know you're always going to be protected. Or something really important like this radio show going off the air. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Powered by Generac. Jake Thomas, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit EcoGen series. Very, very interesting uh, development in the Generac uh, line of products and generators specifically designed for those that live off-grid. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit, Jake. Thanks, guys. Well, still ahead, you know, selling a home right now is no small feat, but we can help you figure out what buyers are looking for. We're going to teach you three simple things that you can do to increase your home's value instantly next. Live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Generac and the Generac Automatic Standby Generator. Be protected and never worry about power outages again. Visit your favorite home improvement center or call 888-GENERAC or visit generac.com. Your home will stay on the next time the power goes out. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You will get the answer to your home improvement question and an opportunity to win a very cool hand tool. It's called the Power Lock Multi-Tool from SOG, worth 110 bucks. Give us a call right now. The number again is 1-888-MONEYPIT. And hey, speaking of tools, you know, here's something you might want to add to your home improvement calendar. Coming up next month, the Money Pit is going to broadcast live from the Craftsman Experience store in Chicago. That's right. And they call it the Craftsman Experience for very good reasons. They're going to be demos and activities that allow you to get up close and personal with some of Craftsman's most innovative tools, as well as lawn and garden products and even the garage storage units. That's right. You know, we'd love it if you can join us in person or online as the entire day will be broadcast at facebook.com slash craftsman now the date is saturday october 2nd and we're going to broadcast live from downtown chicago and that's right the store is right near chicago's downtown river north neighborhood so if you are in the neighborhood we'd love if you can stop by for more information visit craftsman.com joseph in new york is going to have a very chilly fall and winter with no insulation in his home what's going on yes uh, we have a, a kind of an old house here it's uh it's uh, it's uh, has no insulation. It's a solid masonry building with no insulation. It has uh, furry strips and uh, wood lath and plaster on that. We were wondering if we put a rigid insulation over the plaster, okay, and then sheetrock that, okay, so that that would take care of the fire problem. Mm-hmm. And um, if if it would be a, if there would be any condensation problem, 
No, I don't believe there would be. I mean, that's a technique that's fairly common, actually. Um, let me think about this. Should you put a vapor barrier in? Yeah, you probably should put a vapor barrier in first. Well, actually, the uh, material that I was using, uh, or thought of using, is already uh, encapsulated with the foil on both sides. Oh, all right. Yeah, well, that's, that's, iso that's isocyanurate foam insulation. Yeah, that should be fine. That shouldn't. Oh, you that don't think be... there'll be a problem with that? Huh? No, I Not don't think so. No, you can oh, put that great, right against great. the masonry. You can frame around that and then put drywall on top of that, and that'll seal it up quite nicely. Also, take a look at those windows and doors. If there's, This is also a good opportunity for you to think about you know, replacing some of them that may be particularly drafty. Oh, yeah, that's, we're going to be doing that also. Yeah, the whole idea was, uh, was uh, with the oil being the way it is, you know, we had to really do something here. Yeah, well, I think that's a good option. I appreciate it very much. All right, Joe, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Connie and Georgia need some help with the refrigerator. What can we do for you? Hey, oh, we have a seven-year-old refrigerator, um, top freezer. Um, when it was about six years old, it started leaking water in the floor. And okay. we just kind of put a towel there because it was still doing just fine. And then um, it went on along about six months or so, and then it started dripping out the vent in the top of the refrigerator part and so okay. well we're just going to put a pan under it we put a pan under it we called it and it was still working just fine but now it's dead but the freezer's working great but the bottom part is really hot and i'm just wondering you know i mean is it not that we could fix it ourselves i mean is it that complicated that we couldn't go find the parts and what do you think it is well, I'm not so sure about the warm issue. It sounds like there's a problem with the compressor. The leakage issue that you're describing is probably because there's a drainage tube that comes off the self-defrosting side of the refrigerator. That's how it gets rid of the water during the oh. defrost cycle. There's a little tube or like a channel that, that sheds the water to a pan at the bottom of the refrigerator. Uh -huh. And sometimes that tube gets clogged, and when it does... The water backs up and it can back up into the refrigerator or it can back up into the bottom of the, the motor area under the refrigerator and just sort of puddle on the floor. And if you can identify where that tube is and clean it, then that usually fixes the leak. Now, that, however, may not be what's going on here because you're telling me that the refrigerator is actually dead. And if that's the case, you know, it, this probably is not going to be worth fixing. But I want to send you to a website that might be able to help you dig into this a little bit further. It's called repairclinic.com. Okay. And it's a really good site. It's been around for a lot of years. We've interviewed uh, the guy that runs it from time to time, and he'll actually step you through the conditions uh, and how these how these particular types of appliances you can actually put in your model number, your part number, and they'll tell you how it actually breaks down. Okay. And okay. if it's something that's fixable, they can give you the the sell you the parts and and tell you exactly how to do it. Okay. Well, I sure thank you so very much. Well, you're welcome, and good luck with that project. Let us know how you make out. Dominic in New York has an issue with the fireplace and chimney. What's going on? Up on the roof where the chimney is, there's like a, I think they call it a whirlybird, or it's like a fan that turns when the wind blows. That's not for your fireplace. That's your roof vent. Roof vent? Yeah. What, I was wondering what the purpose of that was, because it's kind of making a noise. Uh, there's no purpose for it. <laughs> it's it's a type of vent, and people put them on many years ago because they were impressed that they did spin and thought they were doing something. But effectiveness-wise, they're really lousy roof vents. And what happens is the bearings wear out, and they get real noisy and, and screechy. 
And I would suggest that you remove that vent and roof over it so that you no longer have the hole in your roof. And to replace it, the best kind of ventilation would be a ridge vent that goes down the peak of the roof coupled with some soffit vents at the overhang. I think it's hooked up on top of the chimney, though. I think it's on where the, where the you know, the smokestack where it comes out for the fireplace. It's mm-hmm. on top of that. You might be seeing on top of the chimney those sort of chimney cage covers to prevent any animals climbing down into it. And they could look kind of similar. you telling me you've got one of those vents that spins on top of your chimney? I believe so, yes. I mean, I can't see it. I live in a, it's in a condo complex. And what happened was a roofer went up, and he was up there working, and he tied it down. Presently, it's like tied down so it doesn't turn to make the noise. And um, that's what I've I'm never at. seen a, a, that type of event on top of an active chimney. That sounds very strange to me, and I'd want some more information on that. What you might want to do is have a certified chimney sweep look at that just to make sure it's safe. That okay. sounds very unusual. Mm-hmm. Okay. You typically don't have any type of a termination like that on a vent pipe for a chimney or a fireplace. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. You know, now is a great time of year to get organized. And you know what? There's actually a bonus in doing so. When you create storage solutions in places like, say, your garage or your basement, it actually adds value to your home. We're going to teach you more value-adding projects after this. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, we want to tell you guys about our Facebook page. You know, it's a great place where you're going to get all the detailed information that we don't actually always have time to give you on the air with the show. It's also a great way to ask us your home improvement, your repair questions, and then you can sort of see what everybody else is working on and what they've got to say about your situation. Why not fan us on Facebook today? It's super easy. All you have to do is text fan the money pit to fbook at 32665 and you will be instantly added as a fan and start getting a ton of great information. And our pages look so much better with your face hanging on it as well. (laughs) It's true. And you know what? While you're online, you guys, head on over to the Money Pit website, moneypit.com. You can email us your question right there. And I've got one here from Mark who writes, I have installed a heating system which heats water and circulates the hot water through underfloor tubes in the basement. Uh, The contractor told me the floor would need to be insulated below the tubes to force the heat up through the floor. I love your program and heard you say some time ago that underfloor insulation shouldn't be faced. My question is, why would it not be better to use a faced insulation with a barrier towards the tubes rather than no facing? And that's an excellent question, which is why I checked in with the experts at Upanor. They make that type of heating system, and they're very, very good at it. And they say that the foil face insulation is not necessary. That's because the true R value comes from the thickness of the insulation. And some people believe that the foil facing can reflect some radiant heat back into the house. But the truth is that it gets very dusty very quickly, and then it doesn't reflect anything. So the answer is you do want to insulate and it does not have to be foil-faced. All right, I hope that helps you out. Well, selling a home these days is not easy, but there are a few quick and relatively inexpensive projects you can do that will add value right away. Leslie has a few key home-selling tips and why they do resonate with potential buyers in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. You know, curb appeal is still the 
easiest and least expensive and also the fastest way to increase the value of your home. Now, landscaping, it can cost as little as a few hundred dollars and it can make a very long lasting impression that's going to increase your home's value by thousands. When you're shopping at the flower yard, you want to make sure you look for plants that add color and that will complement your house. You want to make sure that you shop locally so that they'll actually do well in your neighborhood. And the reason why plants really do sort of cause people to respond so well is that people react to color emotionally. So suddenly they're going to get a great feeling about your house that they might have not gotten before. Now, perennials, they require less maintenance year to year. And hydrangeas in particular are going to give you several months of bloom each year. And what's super cool about hydrangeas is that, you know, when you pick them up at the garden center, yeah. Some of them might be pink, some are purple, some are blue. For the most part, the ones that are pink, purple, and blue, they're that color because of the acidity level in your soil. So be prepared for that bloom to possibly change depending on what the soil is like at your home. But hydrangeas are gorgeous. Now, another thing that you can do is replace your front door, and that can make a huge impact as well. And if you go with fiberglass, you can talk up the energy efficiency angle to the potential buyers as well. Finally, you want to give your buyers a place to put their stuff as soon as they move in. Now, if you add some storage kits to the garage, the basement, even your closets all around the house, it's going to make your house look bigger because it's going to be less cluttered. And everybody loves the potential of storage space, so show it off when you do make those changes and good luck with your sale. I think a lot of folks forget, Leslie, that uh, the people that are buying new homes, they're moving out of a place that's already cluttered. Mm -hmm. They don't have enough room, so they want to see plenty of space to move their stuff into your house. Hey, coming up next week on The Money Pit, we've got tips on how you can cut your family's water usage and save money with simple changes to your faucets. We'll have that next week on the program, which continues right now online. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.